Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. I'm Ben, that's Ian. Say hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. Thank you very much. We are going to be talking about Dorchester, about the new signing, and about uh, Western Supermare and the return of Ruben Reed in a little moment. But we've got a guest to kickstart this podcast. We've been very fortunate throughout the course of the summer to have lots of people associated with YTFC on the pod. Chris Hargreaves, Matt Percival, of course, Stuart Robbins joined us on previous episodes. But we thought it's pre-season. Players are working their socks off. We need to delve into pre-season a little bit more. So I'm delighted to welcome to the pod to answer the tough questions about just how much running the players are doing. The Yeovil Town strength and conditioning coach, Scott Wickens to the pod. Scott, how are you, sir? Hi, right, guys. All right, yeah, good to be here. Good to get involved and uh, see what I can offer my insight into. Yes, you are. Uh, you are the way in. You are our mole on the inside for this pre-season um we have got some questions about pre-season but if it's all right with you i want to start by rewinding the clock a little bit uh, you and i bumped into each other at altringham away last season um <laughs> you were promoted almost accidentally to interim assistant manager alongside josh staunton which is a sentence i didn't think i was going to say at the start of last season that was quite a uh, a crazy 24 hours what was it like to be put into that position right at the end you guys had some fun on that final day didn't you yeah, yeah, it was a good laugh. Uh, Staunch rang me on the in the week sometime and said, "Look, this is this is the plan. That's what we're going with." Um, yeah, and I must admit, the heart went a little bit when uh, when he subbed himself on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you've had Matty on; he's a great, great lad. Um, and as soon as I turned around, Staunch went on, turned back around, and Matty's there right by my side, offer some sort of insight from a coaching perspective. So yeah, yeah, it was really enjoyable. Good to oh, get wow. a win. Good to see the fans at the end. But yeah, it was good. I wanted to ask about a couple of rumours, could put a couple of rumours to bed for us. Now, this one, this first one isn't a rumour because you kind of spilled the beans to me off air, off record, maybe a little bit. But I wanted you to tell the world, what was it you told Ollie Haste about uh, being the first manager to give him his debut when he came on right at the end? Yeah, that was once. As I said, I turned around, spoke to Matty and said, we'll get him on. If he can't get on now, then he's not. But yeah, this got to be the one. And um, yeah, after the game, <laughs> clapping the fans a little further. I gave him a little whisper in the ear and said, you always remember he gave you your debut. I'm not sure he thought it me. <laughs> in a topsy-turvy season where everything was going on, it was you that gave Ollie Haste his debut. And finally then, the other rumour, was there a green and white outfield shirt that had Smith 1 printed on the back just in case? Can you spill the beans? Oh, I couldn't possibly comment on that one. Oh, he can't comment. <laughs> 
thought we were going to get on that one. I thought we were going to get that one in. I thought we were going to get it. Nearly, nearly. One day. One day one we'll, day find, we'll out. find out. We'll have to yeah. get Grant on himself, <laughs> ask him about shagger hips and whether or not he had the number one shirt prepped and ready to go David James style up front. We'll ask him. We'll get it out of him sooner rather than later. Yeah, we will. Um, so you joined the you joined the club at the beginning of last season. Um, Darren Saul was famously anti rubber bands and all of that nonsense in interviews he'd said previously. What was it like coming into a Darren Saul club, and how did you manage to get the rubber bands in the door? Yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird one actually. Um, so I was still at uni when I when I applied for the job, um, and then I was kind of flicking between. Yeah, doing my dissertation at the time. Um, I graduated without the graduation, but I finished my degree in the May. Um, and obviously we started in July. Um, I came in here, did a couple of sessions, kind of uh, on an interview basis. Um, I think Staunch was in doing a bit of work over the summer. Wilco was in at the time. Um, came in, did a couple of sessions with them. Obviously met Tail, met, met Darren. And um, yeah, fortunately, I wasn't good enough to get the, uh, the opportunity. Trying to grab it. Uh, yeah, there's a conversation about rubber bands initially. <laughs> um, but yeah, Darren was brilliant with me. He gave me the opportunity to step in. Um, obviously, so close from being being graduated, um, it's kind of a big jump. Normally, the the progression is you come out of uni, you do your internship in your third year. You come out of uni, you go into sort of academies, work your way up the age groups, and then try and get a punt at a first team job. Um, so yeah, fell on my feet. Absolutely fell on my feet here. Um, really, really lucky to get the opportunity eighteen months ago, wherever it was now. Right, so yeah, and it, I loved every minute, every, every single minute from then. Obviously. Interim yeah. manager in charge and everything as well. <laughs> <laughs> Some career curve. Um, did did he did he he must have embraced the whole sort of sports science and all the, the physiology and everything? Yeah, the first thing he said to me really was there was no dedicated sports scientist or sports science department when I came in. Um, so it's kind of a you've got a blank canvas, do what you want. We'll pick you up on some stuff if we don't agree with it. Obviously, him and Tell have got more experience than I'll I'll ever forget type thing. Um, yeah. In themselves so they knew they've done it they've been at clubs a lot higher than i'll ever be at <laughs> um so they've yeah darren's had conversations with 100 sports scientists and i've only had conversations with one manager at that time so it was learning off them as coaches learning off practitioners of different clubs links from uni whatever but just trying to build my network and what i can offer and then trying to get the buy-in but yeah like i said he was brilliant with me and i'm really really fortunate that he gave me the opportunity Fast forward then to, to this season, a lot of change, obviously, in the dugout. You've been demoted from assistant manager. You're, you're back in the doldrums of your sports and, and uh, social conditioning uh, department. Um, what were your early conversations with, with Chris Hargreaves like? Obviously delighted that he's, he's kept you on board. What did, what did he want from you coming into a new era? Yes, yeah, so obviously coming across from, from the academy, um, there's a... I can't speak for every academy, but in general, you can try a little bit more because um, there's a little bit more leeway either side. So he's very, very well educated on sports science and distances and high-speed runs, on testing, everything that I want to implement and try to implement, he knows. So it was quite an easy conversation. Um, he's told me what he wants. I've kind of offered what I want to get out of the players, especially in this preseason, because this is my Christmas. <laughs> I get to do what I want. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's been, again, absolutely really, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, he's really, really buying into what I want to do. He's given me loads of insight to what he wants from me and what he wants from the team. So yeah, it's working really well from my point of view anyway. I don't know what he'll say, but <laughs> hopefully he says the same. There was, there was obviously, there was a lot of players out of contract and, and no, one's, no one's hiding that secret. When you're trying to plan for a player's summer, how difficult is it to go to any number of players and say, here's a summer plan, here's a summer workload, not knowing whether or not they'll be here in, in the following pre-season? Is that, is that a difficult thing to try and manage and do? So my pre-season planning um, probably started a couple of months before the end of the season, just with an eye on it, what we can do. Obviously, lads, we know that are staying definitely. That might not have been out in the public knowledge, but kind of we knew who was then, who wasn't in terms of a couple of numbers. Um, so we knew we could get into them over the summer. Um, modern football, you don't really get time off. It's just time away from the club. They're still training. They're still doing gym on their own. They're still doing one-to-one -one sessions with their own guys that they've got back home. They've been working with for years. Um, so just kind of how can I drop work into them while they're still doing their own stuff, while they're still away with the missus on holiday? Um, yeah, it started a couple of months before, really. And um, the framework's always going to be the same. Football is football. 
you're going to have to run, you're going to have to sprint. So can we get running and sprinting to them over the summer? Um, kind of drop it in. So we gave them sort of a two-week block of, right, I don't want you in the gym. I don't want you running. I don't want you doing stuff. You need time off. We had a heavy season, especially towards the back end. Um, we had quite a small squad last year, as I'm sure every manager and every sports scientist would say. Um, we had quite a small squad. So we're just trying to build in, right, you need your time away. You need your break, especially after the hectic end we had. Um, and then sort of five, six, seven weeks before we come back, we knew the date we were coming back. This is how much work we can get into over that time. We'll plan it, we'll progress it, we'll do whatever we need. I was in contact with the players quite a lot, even lads that aren't here at the minute and have gone on to their own things and different journeys. Um, they had access to that plan. So if they had it, they needed it. Essentially, we're not hiding anything. There's no secrets in the off-season plan I gave them. There's no, yeah, there's no magic dust I dropped in there. It's an <laughs> off-season plan. So I wasn't too cautious with sharing it. Obviously, I'm not going to go and post it here, there and everywhere. But if players requested it, they got it. The lads that we knew were staying, they got it. Uh, they checked in. And to be fair, yeah, they've all stopped to it. They come back in, in very, very good conditions, yeah. That's good. We, we, Chris told us the first, you know, the first week of pre-season was going to be hard. And what does that look like for players? What kind of testing do you do on those sort of first couple of days when they come back? Yeah, so the first two days um, across the country will be testing in some aspect, whether that's, yeah, just body fats or all the way down to, I've seen Spurs doing eye tests and dental tests and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a bit of a range <laughs> of tests you can do. Um, the first day was kind of anthropometric, so heights, weights, body fats, all your normal stuff. We need to know what condition they're in when they come back, um, just so we got an idea. We've obviously got data from last year, the end of last year when we tested, so we can see over the summer what they've gained, what they've lost, what they've how their bodies have changed in terms of body composition. Um, then we did a couple of strength tests, just normal stuff, a couple of movement tests. Um, our therapist went through his screens, his power test with handheld dynamometers. I can go into, I can get lost on a rabbit hole here, but yeah, he did his <laughs> test that he wants to know. Um, so all the players have got a kind of dashboard of an athletic profile of what we know on day one, this is what they're at. Uh, day two, we kind of upped it a little bit. Sorry, go back to day one. We did a little bit of a 12-minute run, uh, which the players enjoyed, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's pre-season. We've got to do it. Might as well start on day one. Um, and then day two, a couple more strength tests. We went into sort of high-speed runs and sprint speeds and stuff like that. So I can then adapt their GPS. Again, I'll go down a rabbit hole. But I can adapt their GPS then to say, if a Tom Knowles is running at a speed, that's his sprint. As opposed to if a Grant Smith is running at a speed, that's his sprint. So the sprint speed isn't just nine miles an hour, uh, nine minutes per second, sorry. It might be 8.2 for one. It might be 9.2 for another. So it kind of average it off and we can tell, okay, when you tell me you're sprinting, I know you're not because I can see the data. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was just kind of get a baseline of where they're at, what I know. And obviously players aren't going to give hundred percent on day two. We like to think they will as practitioners. No one's sprinting on day two. They're not giving hundred percent. So we can kind of average off whether that's rep ranges in your, in your strength movements. We can average off. Okay. If you tell me that's a, 80%, I can tell you what your 100% is likely to be. So we can kind of average off like that. Um, wow. So basically, day one, day two is just, let's get a baseline of where they're at. And then the <laughs> end of the week is just, how hard can we push them? Let's see what we can get. Um, <laughs> we got the balls out pretty early this year. Really, really fortunate. That's a big thing we're trying to implement. Um, football's with the ball. So you, you need your old school slogs and runs and laps. You need that because it's a mental toughness game as well. And we're trying to build robust, resilient, strong athletes at the end of the day. But they're footballers. They need a footballer their feet sometimes. We got them out quite early. But yeah, again, I said it before. This is my Christmas. I love this bit. <laughs> Do they get competitive on like when you start their sprints and that type of thing? How how fired up are they to be the quickest? Yeah, so um, we've, we're really lucky. Uh, actually, we've got live data for the GPS. Um, so it's a GPS sponsor we've got this year. You might have seen it fit together. Um, we've been playing it this year. We can get live data so I can tell lads how quickly they ran two seconds after they've done it. Uh, so on the testing day, they're going one at a time. So you add X amount of lads crowded around the iPad and one lad. Come running. on, hang on. No, no, no. <laughs> Name, please. Come on. Drop some names. Who wants to I know? Think, uh, Morgan Williams probably ran back just as quick to find out his speed straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Easier. There's some good, really, really good athletes this year. And um, yeah, the competitive element. They won't be footballers if they didn't have it. We're trying yeah. to build it. We want winners. So. I'm all for that. I love all these all these numbers and stats and stuff. And yet I've still got this image of you sat on that little doorway at Hewish Park on day one, 
watching these footballers arrive in their cars, just praying to yourself, please don't be a bit chubby. Please don't be limping. Please be okay. Is it still a, a little element of that from a human side of things? You always wish you're okay. You always wish you're okay. Um, I reckon you'd enjoy one turning up a little bit chunkier so that you've got that got plan goes up a little bit. Like. <laughs> so again, I'll take it really seriously now. Um, last year, I think if I was being totally honest with myself, I was probably a little bit modest in what I did. So I kind of, I assumed the players' ceilings were lower than they were in order to A, not get injured, B, stay on the pitch for as long as I can. Because my job at the end of the day is how many players can I make available for Chris, for Toddy? How many players can I make available to let them do their job as efficiently as possible? So I kind of had a, yeah, I'll call it modest. I kind of assumed the ceiling was lower than it was. Um, so this year, it's a conscious effort to get it right and say, actually, we don't have to stop there. We can go a little bit further. We can push them a little bit more. We can sprint a little bit more. Um, and that's, again, coming from above me as well. Uh, we want the most out of these players and these athletes. So, yeah, let's get it. OK, it's time to drop someone else underneath the bus here. Um, a bleak test, best and worst in the squad. We want names, hard and fast names here, Scott, please. Who are the runners and who are those that called it early? Who cried off? To be fair, I must be... No, 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 no. Who cried off with the bleak test and who won it? Come on. So I'll give you a little insight again. We don't do bleak tests anymore. It's a different it's a different thing. So I can give you the bleak test scores if you didn't do them. <laughs> it's in GCSE PE, Ben. That's <laughs> all um, I've got. It's all I've got to go yeah, on. So bleak test, as it's known and as, as fans will know it, has kind of evolved. Um, there's different intermittent runs you can do now. Um, again, there's loads and loads and loads of great practitioners out there that I'm learning off. Um, you've probably seen Bristol Cities on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. The guys over there are top, top, top notch. Um, and I'm speaking to people all over the country as much as I can. Um, Ex-practitioners I know from clubs that have moved, gone on to higher levels, and even they're going, this is stuff I never knew. So I'm trying to get insight from all of them. So yeah, we did a, I did a run called an SDS where everyone does the same amount, and then it's how quickly can you run X distance at A speed. I'm going to give you the speeds and the distances. Um, but yeah, the boys absolutely free through that. There's a few that surprised me. Um, a little insight again, Ollie Haste. Obviously, EPDP superstar. Um, he's <laughs> transitioned from part time to full time, so he's a really, really good monitoring system of how do we get that blend right so he doesn't break down. Um, but he's yeah, he's hit the ground running literally. Um, his SDS scores were very, very good. His sprint scores are very, very good. He is an athlete. He's a bloke. Although we see him as an EPDP transition type thing, he's he's a full, he's a first team player at the minute. So let's treat him like a first team player. We have to manage him because it's part-time to full-time, but he's a really, really good, I call it a project for me as a, as a practitioner, um, but we got to get him right. And I think, touch wood, we're getting it right at the minute. But yeah, again, there's loads out there that surprised me. And like I say, the lads come back raring to go and really, 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 really fit this year. So it's good. Still didn't give us any names, did he, Ian? Still didn't <laughs> chuck anybody under the bus. No we, no. we will keep trying. We will keep trying. I promise you, I'll do my absolute best to sit on the fence. <laughs> Ben, Ben is just just like you, mate. You on the fence I, as well. Yeah, I don't. You're I understand. One and the same. Um, you've you've mentioned the company, the new GPS trackers, and the partnership. How has that sort of evolved your role, and what what difference has that made to you in terms of like how you can prepare? Yeah. So, like I said, when I first came in, there wasn't there wasn't a sports science department as such. Um, they'd used GPS bit part in the past, um, a different system to one we've got, and it's something I wanted to implement. Um, Obviously, when I first walked through the door, I couldn't go banging on people's offices and say, I need X amount of money for this, 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 and this. Um, it was kind of a blend into, can we drop it in? Can we drop it in? Can we have these conversations over a couple of months and build it in? Um, and then obviously, we got them on board towards the end of last year. Um, kind of reached out and just said, look, we're looking for this. Um, we've got a very, very good deal, luckily. Um, so it saved the club a little bit of money as well, which is obviously always a bonus. And it gets exactly what we want. Um, so in terms of day-to-day, -day, what I use it for, uh, like I said, I've got the live data with GPS. So at training, I can tell you to the meter how far someone's ran in any drill. So again, Chris has really bought into it. So even today, we can kind of in between sessions and in between drills, whether that's a, a normal passing drill or a game or X, Y, and Z, um, we can kind of say, yeah, we can go again. We can have another block of that. Or yeah, that's probably about right. Or X, Y, and Z, like I say. Um, so 
when we sit down in the morning, I kind of know that this day, day X, we'll call it, is going to be about six, seven K, whatever it is in pre-season. So I know that my warm-up takes one, 1.2 K out of that. Um, so I can adjust that to be higher or lower, depending on what we did the day before, what we got the day after. It kind of is a periodization element to it week on week for individual players as well, not just the squad. Um, so we can kind of pull people out, say a passing drill, because they've done it a little bit too much the day before or a little bit, they need a little bit more so they can have a little bit of a razz afterwards. Um, it's just really, really helpful in terms of managing players and making sure that they peak at the right times on a Saturday or Tuesday. We don't want training ground warriors. We don't want lads to be unbelievable Monday to Friday and then blow up on a Saturday because they work too hard. That's pointless. We're out there to perform, we're out there to play. So can we try and get it right so they peak at the right time in terms of physicality, in terms of nutrition, in terms of mental capacity, everything? Can we peak them at three o'clock on a Saturday so we can go out and do what we've worked on Monday to Friday? Because that's what we're aiming to do. That's, what we're, that's why we're here. Have you had to adjust things because of the heat as well? Like uh, that Exeter City game where it was absolutely scorching. I know a few of the players were feeling it after that, but the, you know the, the week after with the training sessions, it was so so hot. Was there sort of different ways to adapting the sessions? Yeah. So as soon as I got wind of a drinks break, I was all over it. Get it in <laughs> twenty minute block, and then twenty minute block, we'll do it hundred percent. I need fluids. Um, so it's a big part of my job as a sports scientist is being a bit of a generalist in terms of trying to know a little bit about everything. So whether that's hydration, nutrition, strength, conditioning, fitness, whatever, I try and get as much information as I can in. Um, so in the mornings on the telly in the gym, I try and put up maybe once or twice a week, a little infographic or something of something that's sprung up to me, gets the players talking. It keeps me accountable because I'm constantly trying to research and do stuff. Um, but in terms of hydration, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was a, it was a tough week. We had to adjust things a little bit. Um, it worked quite well actually because I think I think it was the Monday after we went down to um, do the boot camp, so there's a little bit of shade. Obviously, I'm sure you saw the videos. Lads yeah. worked like dogs that day, um, and I was involved for a little bit of that. Don't tell them, but yeah, we got about halfway around and I thought, yeah, this isn't for me. This, <laughs> <laughs> so I cried off and did my uh, did my role as a sports scientist as opposed to a runner. Um, but yeah, we were lucky. There's a bit of shade. We were in the water, um, so we cooled down quite quickly. The day after was really really good. Um, and then, yeah, it's just day on day, everything is going to change in terms of whether we train on grass. The grass might be hard one day, so that can have an effect on previous injuries. That can have an effect on current injuries. It can have, there's little tiny details that you have to get in, in touch with every single day. Um, yeah, little things. We've had that before, haven't we, Ian? Who was it that couldn't play on the plastic pitch in the FA Cup because of his knees? Uh, was, it, was it Duffus? No, it was the is the little wasn't it? Um, where's Fogden? Where's Fogden? Couldn't play on the FA Cup pitch because of his knee. When we played That's Maidstone, right. he couldn't That's play on right. artificial pitches because he was his injuries. Don't think, you don't even think about that kind of stuff with all these with all these numbers and stats and stuff. Do you find a bit of a buy-in from the players? Are the players interested? Do the players want to know? I really, I feel like I've worked hard there. What have I done? Or have I put it in there? Do you find the players are buying into that? Every drinks break, I'll get someone come up and ask. Every single drink break, whether that's how quick was this, how quick was that, what was this, what's he done, what have I done, what have I done, you'll find it. They'll get off on their little position groups and they'll want to know if I'm a centre half, what's the other centre half done. If I'm a midfielder, what's the other midfielders done. They want to know where they sit on the leaderboard. Um, we have a little bit of fun. We put up the top speed leaderboard after a game on the Monday morning. Who's run the quickest? Who's the slowest? Um, yeah, that always gets a conversation going in the stretch in the morning. Um, yeah, it's just little things. It depends on what you do. So some practitioners are really, really careful what they share with the players because um, it can flip the other way where you can get lads coming in and going, well, why am I not playing? I'm running this much more. And that's not how football works. That's mm. we're, not, we're not picking a team based on who runs the most. Um, so you've got to be careful with what you do and how you drop it in. Um, but yeah, no one can argue if you run slower than someone else. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that working the other way around. I was thinking that it might be conversations. You have got to be careful, haven't you? Because you don't want a player going into manager's office and going hang on a minute look at my numbers but at the same time a manager could use those numbers to say look mate you're in the team but we're not seeing the right level of numbers and the guy that's pushing you is putting in good numbers is it a little bit of a motivational thing as well is it an angle that a manager or a coach can use just to spark a bit of something in someone i honestly couldn't comment on the other managers uh type of insights into that i give them a gps report on every single day's training every single game what they do with that information 
is out of my remit. Hmm. Um, I kind of, it's quite hard sometimes to separate performance in terms of physical performance and performance yeah. in terms of what the score was at the end of the Saturday. Again, my job is to make sure as many players are as available as possible for as long as possible and as fit as possible. If we lose 4-0 and they've run a lot, it's obviously horrible they've lost 4-0 and we don't like that. We never want to see that. But if we come out of it with no injuries and we come out of it with the metrics we expected, the performance physical side of it, while it's good, we want it to translate into the, the score, but it's, you have to separate them at some point. And um, it's trying to get that blend. And obviously, yeah, being a practitioner earlier in my career, hopefully, um, it's still trying to get that blend personally as well. What's it like with a with a team when you've got like loads of trialists coming in and out of the club? We've seen quite a few played a couple of games and disappeared. Then there's obviously some who've been around all pre-season. Um, how, how does that work for you? Are you? Do you pay them as much attention as you would say a first team player, or are you um, you know are you just trying to get them through through the week, through the sessions, and through the games? Um, so when they come in, I'm again really really lucky with the amount. Of- time I get with the players day to day. Um, I know some practitioners get sort of 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, the lads come in, they get sort of a half hour stretch session with me in the morning. Um, and they've got their, we call it prehab. Um, they've got their own prehab session on the board in the morning on the telly. So it's individualized. So the goalies are going to do their own thing. X is going to do their own thing. Y is going to do their own thing. Um, so when the trial has come in the door, it's kind of a, okay, so what do you do day to day? What are you doing at previous clubs? What have you done in the last three weeks? If you've played 90 minutes for someone on Tuesday and then you've turned up here on a Thursday, I need to know that. We want to know that um, because there's no point in a trialist getting injured in the first minute of the first session and then we can't look at them anyway. Um, again, that's where the performance element comes into it. I need them fit. I need them training so they can be seen for the coaches because that's not my decision. They just need to be out there. Um, and it, it all comes back to everyone that's under the club umbrella at that point has to be as fit as possible for as long as possible and as available as possible. It comes under that every single time. Um, yeah, so they their pre-hab will look like what they want it to look like. Um, you kind of get their professional athletes. They That is their job. They want to be able to do their job. So they kind of take it upon themselves to say, oh, actually, I need this, or whether it's uh, with our therapist, kind of without can I get this strap? Can I get this done? Because this is what I do day to day to make sure I can get through training. Um, so they kind of, yeah, they kind of manage themselves really. Um, the conversations are there, they need them. Um, but yeah, we try and push, try and push the same for everyone in the club. Um, even down to the 18s, working with Matt in the EPDP. Um, if they want the conversation, they're definitely there. Does that mean you get involved with, with new signings then, with, with medical procedures of players that are going to become contracted, looking back through old injuries, old training patterns, schedules, things like that. Do you get heavily involved in that side of things when a new player comes into the building? Do you have to go through Alex Fisher's old injury records and try and figure out what he might need? Uh, it's definitely a conversation. In terms of actual physical data, it's quite hard to get hold of. Um, the conversation is always there. Uh, again, I'll ring practitioners of old clubs and stuff and say, this is what we've got even if it's something completely different. If, they, if I know they've dealt with X before, they've got more experience than I have, and that's straight away. So why would I not get hold of them? Um, yeah, in terms of previous injury, in terms of training weeks, in terms of what they've done at previous clubs, um, that kind of not falls to the physio. Um, but in terms of injury rate and previous injuries, that's him. Um, it, from a medical standpoint, again, it's if, I, if I've got the chance to, of course I want to test them <laughs> again. That's my job. I love testing, so why would I not do it? Um, yeah, it's kind of, if I can be of help and if I can give my opinion, even if it's not listened to, if it's wanted, it's there. If it's not, that's more than fine with me. I'll just crack on my job. So so when it comes to finding the data, do you find that that's getting easier now as the GPS things kicks in and becomes more relevant and it drips down towards this level that we're currently playing at now. When you bring in, like we did today, we'll talk about the um, the, the new lad from Bristol City at some point in this podcast, but when he comes in, is it very easy to call up Bristol City, like you say, who have got this wealth of data and go, give me some numbers and I'll go from there? Exactly that. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's announced. <laughs> I don't, I'm not stepping on the here. Yeah, so as soon as as soon as he came through the door, uh, he trained. I got hold of his his sports scientist at, uh, at City for the uh, for the GPS straight away. We had a good conversation. He said, "This is his day today. This is what he's like in the gym. This is what he might need. Here's his data. There you go. 
and then in return it's a good experience for me to do reports so bristol city want to know what he does so uh, it's to me to flip on to this is what he's done it's retrospective from their standpoint but it's good for me to then pass that information on so they know because it's their parent club. They want to know. They want a database. They want their own database. If we send someone out on loan, I want to know if we got assets to that. So, yeah. I was, I was going to ask that exact same question. Then do you kind of, when that loan comes to an end, whenever it may be a month, two months, end of season, you will be able to present Warsaw for one and Bristol City for another, just a package of go, actually, yeah, during his time with us, he has got this better at this bit or whatever it may be. You can send that back and go, here's that all in one nice, nice little neat package. Exactly that. And they, they kind of ask me for the metrics that they want as well. So I'm not just firing useful information at them. If they don't test for that, they don't want to see it. So it's kind of streamlining what the information they want. And again, like I say, if we ever send someone out on loan that we've got access to that sort of data, I'll be wanting it as well. So it works both ways. Hmm. Very good. Like that. Uh, Darren Sowell's side, we always commented, commented on for, you know, the fitness levels and the, never-ending desire to run through brick walls for the club i think what i've noticed this pre-season is the players again really fit lots of running very organized uh, are you happy with where they are fitness wise obviously one more pre-season friendly to go before the scunthorpe game are you are you satisfied with how they are we always want more i know that's the bog standard token answer we always want more um yeah. in terms of what they've done up to this point yeah they're, like you say, they're looking fit. Even on the eye, they're looking fit. Um, again, we always want more. We always, always, always want more. And um, we've still got, what, eight days worth of work to get into them yet. Um, so trust me, there'll be a bit more before before Scunthorpe. Um, whether that comes from me or the training or whatever, there'll be a little bit more. Um, I'm sure they won't be pleased to hear that. But there will be a little <laughs> bit more. One thing we have heard a couple of times, and we know that there have been many little injuries and bits and pieces throughout the course of preseason, is the term managing minutes. It's something that we've associated with maybe players that have a little bit of a, of a history record. And uh, no secret, Lawson Diaz has been part of that over his return from, from a couple of very serious injuries. Now, when it comes to managing minutes and how many minutes you think a player should play in a preseason or, or in a training session, is that a, a conversation that you are part of? Or is that something that Chris decides on his own? Is that something you base purely off numbers? Is it a gut instinct thing? How does that little sort of plan work throughout each game and training session? Again, it all falls, all falls down to Chris and he is really, really switched on with stuff like this. Um, if he wants my opinion, it's there. It's always there. The data's there to back it up. They get sent the data every day. Um, I need to send over today's actually. But yeah, they get sent the data every day. Um, in terms of training, you can kind of get a bit more of a gut instinct to it. So if someone's looking okay, then let's go for another rep. Uh, a game day is a bit different. Um, and like you say, managing minutes is important. I think we've done it quite well this year. So lads getting 60s then getting maybe 70, 75s, and then a couple of lads got their first 90s Tuesday night. Um, so we're trying to drop it in, drop it in, drop it in. Um, that gets built up through time as well. So our training sessions become a little bit longer, a little bit more intensive um, throughout the day. The pitches get bigger, it's little things. So if you do a, a game on X pitch, and then you make that game, exact same game, exact same number of players, a little bit bigger, they're going to run more. If you put a goal into it, they're going to run more because they've got a goal to aim for as opposed to just a possession. So there's little ways you can always drop it in in the lead up to games um, to make sure they're prepared. And then, like you say, trying to manage minutes between your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s. That's not always possible because it's football. Um, and especially in season when lads are coming back, sometimes you don't get that chance. Um, at the end of the day, we're a professional football club. We want to win football games. So if you're not ready, you're not involved. From my standpoint, that might not be other people's standpoint, but for me, if I get asked my opinion, if they're not ready, we've got to get them ready. Is that, this is a weird one. The one thing I've noticed, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of games for the BBC away from home. And I've noticed at the end of a game, the unused subs, often the sub goalie, poor Max, comes out and they just run lengths of the pitch. Is that just to get sort of, the miles into legs is there what what's the reasoning behind that is that just because they haven't done anything and they need to do something or is there something more scientific than that behind it uh so if we play let's say a saturday to saturday mm -hmm. 
if you've got reduced minutes, we'll call it reduced minutes, whatever that subs, 30s, whatever, we'll call it reduced minutes. After the game, if you're the lad you're pushing for the place, let's say, say it's two centre midfielders, one centre midfielder played 90, one centre midfielder's come on and played 30, those distances are different. So the following Saturday, the preparation for the following Saturday in terms of fitness is different. So we need to top that up to be as level as possible. So at any given point, if you get chucked on, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to compete at this level, at these speeds, at these distances. And it's not always possible again. And we're not going to, if you've not played any minutes, we're not going to run you 10K because that's what the other lad's done. It's not like that. But the big one is high speed running. Can we get your high speed running up? Because we know that high speed running at certain distances, at certain speeds, reduces injury rate. Um, so again, they'll have a top up in the week. So like I said about training, they might do a little bit after the lads are finished. The unused subs might have a little little game or a little razz or a little run or whatever after the game just to keep them topped up. So, A, I know they're ready if they have to come on, if they have to play. If they get chucked in for 90 off the bat, we know they're ready. The player knows, actually, I've done enough work. I feel like I've prepared properly for this. And then, yeah, go and perform. Wow. It's very. It is a little bit more scientific than just go out and run, lads. It's, it's very basic from my well, yeah, way of thinking about it. This year. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit modest with the runs last year um, and they became a little bit probably monotonous for the players, if I'm honest. Um, so we've changed it. We've changed the style. We've changed the run type. The distances and the metrics are pretty much the same, but we've changed it up. Um, and as the season went on last year and uh, it kind of changed, then Charlie was in charge and my responsibilities widened a little bit. Again, I became a little bit modest. So it was nice over the summer to kind of reset and go, actually... I can do this better. There's better ways to do this. Um, so in the Arsenal now, we've got a couple of runs that they can do after games. Instead of those big box to boxes you see, um, they would be a little bit short. They might go to halfway, but I need them at a better speed now because it's a short distance. So it's little things I will change up. Still hit the same metrics, just a different way of doing it, keep it fresh. And then at some point, we might flip back to the other way just to keep them doing it. I have to say, I noticed the triangles after the Exeter game rather than the straight lines yeah we changed that uh, a little bit yeah and it gives yeah. a little bit a little bit of a different different uh exposure as well so yeah we are trying <laughs> definitely um uh one more pre-season game and barring no last minute hiccups it should be a fully fit ready to go squad for scumthorpe yeah <laughs> yeah like you say unless <laughs> correct yeah, answer yes. <laughs> for me it's um it, it's another running test it's another metric test Again, that's splitting the performance element into yeah. physical and, and the score. Um, lads need minutes in their legs. It's a long old season. Then there's a lot of Saturday Tuesdays, a couple of Saturday Mondays. So this is what this is why we're doing it. This is why we're getting ready. This is why we've got the games in there. This is why, yeah, why the lads are picked to get certain minutes, like you say, managing minutes. Let's gotta make sure they're ready. Eight days, everything leads up, leads up to that game. It's gone for. Make sure we're ready. You say that this is your your Christmas period. Does uh, does that make the actual Christmas period something of a nightmare? Trying to get recovery and trying to get minutes and appropriate training sessions. How much of a headache can that be when those really busy periods come around? Yeah, so that was kind of my a bit of a baptism of fire last year. Um, so obviously the Wrexham game got cancelled, first game of last season, and then we did a Saturday Tuesday King Clint Old shot, and it was kind of like the Sunday. It's it's first day recovery, but it's also match day minus one. It's like it's a complete frazzle in the head. I don't know what to do here. So was, we just went to the beach and had a little chill out and yeah, had a little swim or whatever. Um, but like you say, yeah, Christmas is is manic. Um, but that's where the GPS comes in. That's where the experience having last Christmas comes in. Um, just always building the repertoire, always building the arsenal to make sure we know, we know how we can get these players as ready as possible. And I'm sure if you ask my missus, the Christmas period isn't really the Christmas period as well. I get my Christmas in the summer. <laughs> Jeez. How, um, when you try and deal with recovery, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the post-match of Scunthorpe. It's going to be late at night on a Saturday. We've just battered this team 4-0. We've won. We've picked up three points. How difficult is it then to lump these lads on a coach, knees up around their ears for the next six, seven hours to try and recover? Have they got to do like, stretches like your advice to do on a plane and stuff or how does that how does that work on those long horrible coach journeys so if we split it into say nutrition element first we need to get food and fuel back into them especially if you go in again on tuesday there's not a lot of turnaround recovery time um so we need to get fuel back in them um to be honest you can go really 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 healthy 
you can go really, really, really dirty. If you play 90 minutes, have a slice of pizza. You need fuel back in you. I don't, I don't mind what that is. Um, in terms of stretches and stuff, again, I keep dropping in. I, I'm a commercial genius. Um, a new travel sponsor, the new bus is, is bang on. Um, it's exactly what we need it for. Um, so it's a little bit more space. It's a little bit more room for the lads on the way back. So there's a lot, couple of long old journeys in there. Um, they've all got their own stuff. Whether that's, uh, you might have seen the big recovery boots. They look like, yeah, space suits. Um, it's basically a nice bath for your legs that keeps rotating. It's better. Um, so you can stick them on. You can sit, you, you can still sit at the table. You might need someone to budge up a little bit and, and lay your feet up. Um, but there's, all, there's always something we can do. Always something we can do. Um, yeah, it's just about, again, You've got this 24-hour window now. How do we maximise that? And uh, there's infographics dotted all over the gym, all over the changing rooms in terms of what to eat after games, what to eat after training, what to eat before games, make sure you're fueled, what to do in the 24-hour period. So we use a point system. Um, so lads have got to accumulate a certain amount of points in the 24 hours after the game. Um, and different things mean different points. So if that's going for a walk with a dog, that could be four points. If that's a pool recovery session with an ice bath, that's eight points. And you've got to accumulate a certain amount of points over a certain amount of time. Um, sleep's a big one if we can get them sleeping eight hours a night it, yeah it's like heaven um, yeah we're just trying to get, get get as much into the lads as we can and just educating them as well on when you're away from the club you're a professional athlete and they are very 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 good at managing themselves um, yeah it's just education and, and trying to drop it in amazing I've got That's to awesome. say I've, yeah I've got to say like, I think it's, it's you know the talk about non-league football and you know i think it's such a throwaway term but i think listeners of this podcast and supporters of the club will probably have their eyes opened a little bit to the amount of detail and how how far we're going into this stuff ahead of the season i think it's it's been brilliant to talk to you and brilliant to get that insight and hopefully they'll understand and appreciate a little bit more how much how much goes into running players around for pre-season. Um, it's not just put a shirt on and get on the pitch. So, yeah, brilliant. Great work, Scott. Well, I must say, Thank sometimes the plan does go out the window completely and it all gets scrapped <laughs> and they just run laps. No, <laughs> <laughs> no there's, there's always a, an optimal way to do it. And sometimes you don't hit that optimal and sometimes you can go too far the other way. Um, again, I keep saying it, I'm young, I'm, I'm learning. I've got to get it right. I'm going to make mistakes. Hopefully those mistakes aren't costly. Um, but I'm going to make mistakes. It's just educating players, educating myself and trying to get the best out of, out of these lads we can because they're assets to us. So let's do it properly. Sounds like everyone's ready for Scunthorpe, Ian. Don't know about you. Yeah, get, get them on. Brilliant. Really saying. appreciate your time, Scott. Thank you so much for uh, spending your evening. You've got, you've got an email to send. Chris needs his numbers now. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be on the WhatsApp chat later sending it all out. <laughs> Well, that was a bit good, wasn't it? Thanks to Scott for taking the time out of his evening. Very much still in the bowels of Hewish Park. Um, on the, the overtime. On the overtime tonight. So, yeah, um, yeah, much appreciated that. And hopefully you all appreciated that information. I think it just goes to show how, how advanced perhaps we are. Yeah. But we, we had no idea that the levels that we go to and maybe we didn't well he said himself that he was a bit modest with the fitness last year as it was his first time doing it so yeah it's all these what is the phrase marginal gains all of that type of thing um yeah yeah good good i mean it wasn't much use on tuesday night against dorchester though was it all smooth sounds of things smooth link (laughs) um yeah well we weren't there none of us were there but thanks to uh, elliot warner of we love you ytfc for sending some conclusions to us to put on the website. If you've not read them yet, um, Elliot gave us his views on, on the game. And um, again, it's a bit similar to what we've learned from the other games. And it just goes to show maybe we don't learn that much from preseason games other than we look solid defensively. <laughs> we didn't score any goals though. And I think that was probably the biggest gripe coming out of the game of those who, who were there and were on social media saying they weren't happy with our finishing. Um, three decent chances in the game by the sounds of things, but 
I don't know, Ben. I I, I put a poll out on the off the back of it just to find out if because there's so many obviously the people who are the, the ones who are the most negative are always the ones who are most vocal. Yeah. And I, so I put a poll out to find out how optimistic people are about the season. Um, there's 170 odd, I think 171 responses so far. And there's an average score of 3.6 out of seven. So could just it be more halfway house. Of yes. Below where well, it could, it could be four. Oh yeah. But it's very close. Um, you know, people were slightly leaning towards the not so optimistic, but I think that's just a general disposition these days. Um, over the new, of course, who are full on seven, we're going to win the league. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely yes. Yeah. So I think I, 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 re- <laughs> uh, I really struggle to be feeling negative at the moment because I don't know what we're going to do until we lose eight, two on the opening game of the season. Or win like, seven nil. <laughs> how how do we know where we're going to be like what's the benchmark so i'm i'm yeah i'm I'm still i'm just i I would say i'm a four as it comes at the moment i don't know how it's possible to be anything other than a four as a seven you can tell me how but until until we know until we know you know exactly what we're up against i don't know maybe i'm just being naive and we're, you know, it's we're not doomed. the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's all. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Re-Dorchester? I don't know what else we can get out of it. A couple of trialists that we want to, well, should I be think, signing. I think, uh, yeah, apparently a couple of trialists there. But I think it is significant that Matt Booth started. Um, I think it's safe to say that he is now a part of our plans. To the, to the point where is if we let him go now... He's a minute, well, a minute or two away from pre-season with no club. And it almost feels a bit harsh now. So I think it gets to a point now where I think we need to make a call on views as to whether or not we, we, we give him something and offer him something and whether or not he becomes a, a permanent member. Because if he's taken in that much pre-season, he'll feel part of the group right now. And yeah. we should start paying him sooner rather than later or let him go and get some unemployment elsewhere. So I think for me, the fact that he started, the fact that he was part of it, um, suggest to me that you know if we're going to be taking him seriously great let's get him in let's get the signature sorted and and let's let's add to that squad a little bit more so that was that was my only real takeaway that we uh we we still have these trialists and it looks like we're taking a couple seriously yeah i agree i agree actually i think you know when you when you've been you must have played every been a part of every single preseason game yep. it feels like he is part of the squad nearly went into um pirates of the caribbean there Part of the ship, part of the crew. Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like that, doesn't it? So, and I think, you know, if you need, a, if you want a squad of 22, as the manager said, or a squad of more, you know, you need those type of players that you think can come in and you can rely on. So, yeah, perhaps he won't be first choice, but it will definitely feels like he should be part of the, the group going forward. I think the other two, um, Leslie Duru. Is one of the names who confirmed to us that he is on trial. Oh, yeah, we did a scoop, didn't we? A little we, scoopy scoop. We did, but I don't know if we did anything with the scoopy scoop. But Oh, uh, no, Dave. I think Dave just slid in the DMs, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then but the other one is... the scoop. It is him, definitely. Yeah. So there you go. Good scoop. The other one is Stanley, isn't it? Who we <laughs> need him to tell us his surname. But So his first appearance was Exeter and still around, sort of two games later and then going into Western Supermare, we presume. So there's, you know, maybe something will happen there. And of course, and of course today. It's another good link, by the way. uh, Yeah, I'm on it tonight. Absolutely flying with these links. Absolutely linking up. Um, I'm like the Alex Fisher to your Malachi Linton. Nice. Um, We've signed someone else, Sam Pearson, on loan from Bristol City. Youngster, uh, initially a one-month loan, but um, with a view to extending it. With a view, um, like that sentence. With a view, I like that. Yes, with a view, yeah, with a view to it becoming permanent. With a view to extending the deal. I like that. I like okay. it. Okay. I'm glad that you like it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think about this. This looks promising, you know, young player coming in um 
did a little bit of research and I saw, so I saw on his Wikipedia page that he'd signed for Weymouth on loan and played no games. So um, I had a look at that and yeah, it turns out that he'd been commuting from Cardiff to Weymouth and had found that really difficult. And that was when he was on loan. It's a, it was the 2020, 2021 season. He was only 18 years old. So he was commuting from Cardiff to Weymouth to train for a part-time team and in the pandemic and it, yeah um so it didn't quite work out i think he probably got to weymouth and thought nah <laughs> what about that place i passed on the way is that is is, is that any better yeah I'll, I'll go there next yeah and yeah so i'm you know hope if he's I, I mean i don't know i think probably some people have had a bit of a whinge about the one month thing but if he's no good after a month or he's not the right type of player after a month and we want to send him back we can and if he does really well presumably they'll want to keep him at us in you know on loan because he's improving and becoming a part of something so um yeah it might not be the bumper signing people are hoping for but we need bodies i think with the EFL season starting this weekend, these players are going to start appearing now, aren't they? The, yeah, the ones who aren't wanted are going to start dropping down and, and looking for something. So, yeah, yeah I'm not going to complain. I saw, a, I saw a tweet from Louis Britton, who played for Bristol City, is now in Ireland, saying, what a signing. Good luck, bro. And so, who am I to judge the thoughts and opinions of a former Bristol City player? So, look... Everyone's a, everyone's a YouTube scout at these moments, aren't they? Um, he's played good stuff by the looks of it for the Bristol City Academy. He's been to Scotland, scored a couple of goals in Scotland, I think for Inverness or a goal for Scotland in for Inverness. So yeah, uh, Wales under twenty one as well, which can't really be a bad thing. Wales football's in a pretty good place right now. So yeah, but in- they do they do just call up anyone who might have a Welsh <laughs> who might have Welsh heritage just so they don't play for England. Right. Well, let's hope that that's not the case with samples. <laughs> um, but yes, um, you know, numbers on a page look one thing. And like I say, everyone's a YouTube scout when these things happen. But I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. And like you say, if there is, you know, any kind of a question, we can review it in a month and go, yeah, we'll, we'll have him for longer. Yeah, we'll have him for longer. Actually, maybe now's the time to go back. We might end up seeing him go back for two months after two months, then come back in January if he wants to get close to the Bristol City first team, for example. So it's a good link to have. I like the fact that we've got um, that link with Bristol City. It sort of opens those doors a little bit more. City, Rovers, Torquay, Exeter, the usual suspects that we were expecting. Good to keep the link alive. And Sam Pearson goes back in January or goes back in December, a better player. Whoever it is at Bristol City who's in charge of their kids, is it Brian Tinian who does all their loans and youth setup and stuff? He'll turn around and go, well, I'll tell you what, if it works for Sam Pearson, we'll send XYZ there. These are exactly the sort of things we need to be doing. So, yeah, that ticks a lot of boxes. Let's hope it's fruitful. Let's hope he's a, he's a good youngster who can, um, yeah, do well for us. Although he did say, I like he said, uh, the manager called me when I was having a haircut, which I thought was quite good. Uh, yeah, well, he, he interrupted his haircut to take the call. I mean, I would, I would just be like, I'm leaving that, I'm having my haircut. Don't know about uh, well, you. Well, he, he took the call clearly. My question is, did he go back and finish the haircut? Or is that just what the call kids look like these days? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to pass any comment about I, haircuts. I, I, I'm in no feel place to, to, to just comment. I was, I was bang out of order for myself, to be perfectly honest with you. I walk in and go, take some off. Thank you very much. <laughs> At least you pulled yourself up on that. Um, <laughs> before we take questions, the final preseason friendly, Western Supermare. We're, I mean, you've dubbed it the return of Reuben Reed, but we're actually going to to find Reuben Reed, aren't we? El, um, El, uh, El Rubenico. Ruben. El Rubenico. It's getting too close to Rubicon. Who? Rubicon. Um, they got another Yeovil, ex-Yeovil player. I can't remember. Um, yeah, so sounds like a um, another fitness drill, another minutes under the belt before we go to Stockport uh, Stockport Scunthorpe uh, an annoying time next Saturday um, if anyone's going and they want to send us some conclusions mm, that'd be nice that would be extremely helpful because um, well I'm going to be in a field well, not a field on a campsite um, 
getting the tent out again, Ben. I know people like to know where I'm where you're sleeping. <laughs> where I'm sleeping. Uh yeah, Friday and Saturday it will be inside a tent in Dorset. There you go. I did that. so this whole camping trip kind of came off the back of me saying we should go to Western Supermare this weekend. Should we see if there's a campsite in Western Supermare? And long story short, there is not there was no suitable campsites near Western Supermare, so I couldn't tally, yeah, I couldn't, you know kill two birds with one stone and get a little breakaway and go and watch Yeovil Town. So we've gone the other way. Thanks. I appreciate the information. There you go, I'll folks. Where you'll be sleeping. I was actively trying to get to football and have gone the other way. Heading literally <laughs> the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. You've had what can only be described as a Western supermare. <laughs> right, do you want some questions? Let's do the questions and wrap this, uh, wrap this up. Ryan Peasland. Hey, Ryan. You are in the changing room, Priest Gunthorpe. What's, your, what's your team oh. talk to set the tone for the season? Well, you'd be tempted to go full Mike Bassett, wouldn't you? Would you? Yeah. yeah. Really get into him early doors. Let him know he's boss. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know, really. Have, have you been listening to the um, podcast with... Carl Robinson and Paul Warren that the BBC have put out. No, I haven't. That's it. If anyone out there has been, it's a very interesting listen. I am a card-carrying, paid-up member of the Paul Warren fan club, and I found it very, very interesting the way he talks to his players. I am not a paid-up, card-carrying member of the Carl Robinson fan club. Nobody is. Even his wife isn't. Um, so <laughs> I haven't necessarily been enjoying those episodes quite so much. Um, but I, I really like the way he talks to his team. He wants to be um, positive all of the time. But he's almost, there was one episode where quite early on, and there's no spoilers here, he has to kind of get into his team a bit. And he's almost apologetic. And he, starts quite, <laughs> he starts quite sad and he almost says, I'm sorry for, about, for what I'm about to do, but, and then just launches into this three minute tirade of do this, do this, F and Jeff, F and Jeff. It's not one for Deb's son, by the way. If Deb's son, no, you can't listen to that podcast. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I... Serious answer, remind them who they're playing for and what they're doing for it. And the fact that there will be people, there are people going to social media, scrambling to get minibuses to get people to Scunthorpe in a time where everything costs a bazillion pounds is something. That's why they're doing it. They're doing it for those people that are going to be there and those that are going to be there at Wrexham in that home game and Barnet in the following home game. So people will, will go to the end of the earth for them. We can't need them to go to the end of the earth for us and hopefully they're ready and that's what Chris will be reminding them of they're ready they've done everything they'll have the numbers Scott will have the numbers here's what you can do and they can uh, put those numbers in the good use so I'll keep it simple eh, maybe a bit of effing and jeffing for good measure there you go I don't know how I can follow that Ben I mean I imagine <laughs> they'll just play that out now to be honest with you um, <laughs> there you go Chris you can have this one um, Debs Curtis asks, how many minutes do you predict our new one-month loan will play? In, in, in one go or like through the whole month? <laughs> through the whole month. Let's go. Oh, are we including the Western Friendly or just for... Yeah, if you want. Okay, so Western Friendly is 45 minutes. Second 45 minutes doesn't start. You reckon he's getting a half? Yeah, he's getting a half against Western. Yeah, I think he's in the second half. He's coming on exactly at halftime for Tom Knowles. Tom Knowles, 45, just to manage his minutes a bit more. And he's coming on for the second 45. You can have that as well, Chris, mate. You're sorted. Don't worry. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I think he'll probably take Scott's advice over yours. Um, and I think, I think it depends if um, Sam has played 90 minutes on Tuesday, how many minutes we'll get at Western. <laughs> and I think we might be building... I, I, I presume we're going to be building up to players playing longer rather than players coming off at half time and things if we're going to be trying to get that level of match fitness so they play 90 minutes um, I don't know I don't know what until we know what type of player he is sounds like a tricky winger doesn't he I said he likes getting crosses in the box so I would imagine he's you know he's going to is he going to be a we're chasing a game get the last 20 minutes last quarter of an hour type sub comes on and runs people ragged for a bit maybe um, I reckon he'll get a decent chunk of time though and I think 
hopefully he's good enough that we keep him for longer. If not, who knows? I'm going to go 60 minutes. How many games have we got in? I'm just I'm just trying to work it out now. Uh, one, two, three, four. I think it's five before the month officially runs out. 27th would be the home game against Dagenham. 75 minutes. In total? Yeah. I'm going 112. Okay. There we go. Wolf. Also, is Barnet on the 16th of August away? Or is it no, home? no, it's home, but our website's not our website. The club website says it's away. Sam, Sam says Barnet's away. It's not, it's a home. There we go. Yeah. Um, Adam Barrington, if we're only allowed one more signing, what position would you choose to fill? Good question. Very good question. I want a backup right wing back so Charlie Wakefield doesn't have to play there, please. Okay. I want a striker. You want another striker? Yeah. Not happy with the ones we got? Just want another one. Just want another one. More strikers, the better. Um, Matt Alford, is it time to get the petition going again to get the sly missing man of an owner to front up to the questions still hanging around since last season. My petition days are done. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm uh, feels like a lot of work, doesn't it? Was it a lot of work when we did it last time? When <laughs> we royal use of the word we, um, it was a bit of an effort. The on. offer is the offer is still there. Yes. Yes. Um, John Baker, we're definitely not the people to answer this question. A bit late, but does anyone know what went wrong with the finances when we moved from Hewish to Hewish Park? Is a bit late. <laughs> uh, yeah, like 32 years too late. We did do a podcast, John. Um, oh, yeah, we did do it. Dave did it. And I did it with, um, oh, with Tim. And uh, right. f- f- forgive me, listener. Oh, Will. Tim and Will, yes. uh, we'll find it. We'll find it and I'll send you a link to it, John. We did talk about it, but I don't think, I think it's one of these things that we'll never know the full picture of what happened or perhaps only certain people will know the full picture of what happened and maybe they won't want people to find out what happened. Um, that was a good one because I remember I remember sending very long WhatsApp messages to Dave with pictures of the uh, Henford to Hewish relevant pages to try and piece it all together. So, yes. That, that is a good pod. I couldn't do that one. That is a good pod, John. Go back and find that. We'll send you a link. And that is it for the questions, Mr. Barrett. That's done. Is that done? In that case, can I put another call out, please, for my for the uh, pre-season montage? Yes. Do you want ones from me and Dave, or are we just going to I think ours will be covered in the form? chat. Yeah. yeah, okay, good. We'll, we'll have the chat. but like They hear chat. enough of us anyway, don't they? They don't Pro- need an extra. Probably too much. Yeah. Um, well, I asked for 20-second audio clips. And I just want to say a huge thanks to the nobody that sent one. <laughs> I've had people with the intent to message me with the intention of saying they're going to get one over. but oh, well, the, the, Now's the time. I set a deadline of August the 1st. We are nearly <laughs> there. This is released on July the 29th. I'm looking for 20 seconds. Name and what you're excited for for the new season. Are you excited to see a certain player? Where do you think we're going to finish? We're looking for 20 second mini little previews. Hi, my name's Ben. I've been a Yeovil fan all my life, and I think Yeovil are going to win the league. I'm really looking forward to seeing how many goals Alex Fisher scores. Thanks very much. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Love you. Bye. That's all we're looking for. Done. The the reason for the first of the a first of August deadline is because Ben's got some software on trial that's going to run out and he, he <laughs> needs to use it by then. <laughs> Nobody from work knows I've, I've kept the Mac. It's fine. I, you know, it's, yeah, I've, got to, I've got to do it by then. And but it's yes. a good job they'll never be aware of them finding out that you've got the Mac either. No, it's not like I've signed it out. It's fine. Um, yes. So if you can let me know at Ben Barrett 10 on the socials, um, you can email Ben at gloverscast.co.uk or, or you can, yeah, hit me up on WhatsApp or whatever or not. However you want to get hold of me, just do it, please. Thank you. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Talk to you next week. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal!
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 